Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DNA Football Talk podcast. I am one of the hosts. My name is David, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Anthony. Anthony, how are we doing today, sir? It's a good day in Green Bay, man. That's all I can say, man. <laughs> and it's a good day in Tampa Bay. Somehow, some way, both of our teams are still alive. Bucks are playing for the division and a playoff spot this week. I believe your Packers are also, well, they have to have a few things that are out of their control happen as well. But the Packers are still alive. They get a big win over Miami. So let's just dive right into it. Christmas Day, Green Bay at Miami. Obviously, the Dolphins were the favorites because of how the Dolphins have been playing this year. Um, But you know what? Tua took one for the team. He got a concussion probably about midway through the third quarter or so. And, uh, yeah, the rest was um, just downhill from there. Yeah, this was one of those games where it's like, you know, we'll, we'll take it. I hate to see it because I, I always like to see the Packers. When we beat somebody, I want it to be an even and fair game, you know. <clears throat> so when Tua did go down, I was like, oh, that's, that's rough. <laughs> it, but this is the third concussion Tua's had this year. And I, I don't know what they what they do with Tua at this point because it, it, the the second time around that Tua had that concussion, I believe his his doctor came out and said he shouldn't play another snap of football in his life with how bad the second one was. But he still came back and he's still playing, but it's it's been, it's been a rough year for him just off the concussions alone. So it really has been, and it's unfortunate to see because he has had such a great year. Um, you know, as you know, just in total, he's he's really had a great connection with Tyree Kill. Jalen Waddle is obviously coming along. That offense has been really, really good. And um, it's just really unfortunate to kind of see that thing happen. But again, your Packers are sitting at seven and eight. The Detroit Lions lost. The New York Giants lost. Mm-hmm. You guys are still in yeah. it. We just need to win these last two games, and I think the Commanders need to lose one more game, which they play the Browns. Very possible they could lose that game. Possibly, although Browns with Deshaun Watson has not been very good at all. No. I I think once Deshaun shakes off some of that rust he's had for not playing for two years, he'll be back to his his old self. But for right now, no, the Browns are not very good. But if they do win and we can get past uh this high-powered Minnesota offense, get some revenge from the first game of the year, the sky's the limit. (laughs) The sky is the limit, and you never want to count out Aaron Rodgers. And I was kind of talking to you about this a little bit this week and just saying, look, don't count out the old guys yet, man. They're not done yet. (laughs) They're not done yet. And it just seems like, you know, any time that you think that it's, oh, it's done, you know, everyone wants to be the first ones. Just... I told you that he was done. I told you that he was done. I told you Tom Brady was done. I told you Aaron Rodgers was washed. You know, you, 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 they always want to the, – the media always wants to be the first to announce it. But Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are still very relevant in this year. They're both playing pretty decently. Um, you know, I mean, I know that Brady's had some rough moments. Rodgers has had some rough moments as well. Um, but you can't really expect any quarterback to be perfect – um, you know, I mean, even even the elite of the elite now in the league with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, those those quarterbacks that are, you know, at the top of the tier, they still make mistakes. They still play bad, you know, mm-hmm. and so 
Green Bay, seven and eight bucks. I believe that we're seven and eight as well. I believe so. And we're playing the I mean, we, we played against the Arizona Cardinals. We didn't really look that great on Christmas Day. But Tom Brady does what he does. You know, he just does what he does, and everyone wants to count him out. But down sixteen to six, and he rallied the troops, man. He rallied them back. And in overtime, we got it done. Mm-hmm. He That's got it done. done. It, it, it's the teams that it, it may not look pretty, but they find a way to win games. Those, those are the ones that will have success in December, January, and into February into the Super Bowl. So you, you can't count those teams out. They're the they're the most dangerous teams that, in the league. They are. But let's let, let's, let's continue yeah. to talk about yeah. your Packers really quick against the Miami Dolphins. Aaron Rodgers had a eh, kind of day, uh, 24, 38, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones kind of had yeah, they, they They were quiet. Okay. They were quiet. Yeah, they we, were pretty quiet. We left some points on the board. We had a, he, he had Christian Watson on a deep pass. He completely overshot him, and there was a couple, couple other Aaron throws that he had, but other than that, I think we played a pretty sound game, and that defense really locked down in the second half. The defense really did lock down in the second half. Now, again, it was against Tua, and we all assumed that he, at that point, was concussed um, because that's when the interceptions just started <laughs> flowing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Yeah, but Tua, on the other hand, 16-25, 310 yards, one touchdown, those three interceptions. The three interceptions, obviously, was the – you know, the killer of that game. That's why the Packers were able to come back. But like you said, doesn't have to be pretty. Doesn't have to be perfect. You don't always have to win by three scores. The The resilient teams, they get the wins at the end of the day. Doesn't matter how, you, how it happens. Doesn't matter how close the games are. At the end of the day, they know how to close it out, and they do it. Mm-hmm. They make the plays when they need to make the plays, and that's what the Packers have kind of been doing over the last yeah, couple of weeks yeah, exactly and to be honest there were a couple points in that game where i was like oh we're gonna get we're gonna get the doors blown off us because they like jalen waddle had a 84 yard uh catch and run touchdown <laughs> that one i when i saw that play <laughs> i was i don't know what i was more amazed at the speed of jalen waddle or the speed of tyreek Tyreek. Because Tyreek was step for step with him, helping him block, like uh, blocking for him. And not only that, but Tyreek Hill was behind. Yeah. And there was Green Bay Packers defenders in front of Tyreek Hill, and then it was Jalen Waddle. Mm -hmm. So it was Tyreek, defenders, Jalen Waddle. And Tyreek was like, excuse me, and just like ran past the defenders and then just put his arms out. As Jalen Waddle coasted into the end zone just to make sure that no one was going to catch him, mm-hmm. but I mean, he once he hit that sideline, once he hit that 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 straightaway, and he could just, just go into just, just, just turn on the Jets and just, turn on the Jets and just go. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with the Miami Dolphins; they can score at any yeah. given moment, mm-hmm. literally any given moment. Coming to from Tyreek to Jalen Waddle to. Jeff, Jeffrey Wilson, Raheem Moser, all those they, guys. They got they got track stars on that team, and, it, and then he he threw a bomb to uh, to Tyreek too. Uh, that almost that was like that close to going into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, if if it wasn't for Tyreek Hill having to kind of stop and turn around and catch that ball, mm-hmm. he's in the end zone. He he would be in the end zone, and this game could be entirely different. Mm-hmm. It could be 
you know, a 27 to 26 game. And going down to that last drive at the end, like, oh, we have to settle for a field goal. The Dolphins have two minutes left on the clock. Granted, they have no timeouts, but still two minutes with an offense like that, that's more than enough time for them to move down the field. And through one last interception, that was the ball game. Yeah, it was the ball game there at the interception. Your defense came up big, um, which we really haven't seen all year, so it was probably pretty nice, kind of nice to see that. It was nice to see them just clamp down and be the defense I thought they were going to be this year. Yeah, everyone thought that, well, at least I know that me and you had pretty high hopes for the the Packers defense. And I think Packers fan in general had a pretty good, you know, they they were optimistic about the defense as well because you guys got, you know, some young players there. You guys still have Rashawn Gary. You guys have Jair Alexander. I mean, Eric Stokes. I mean, you have all of these young, talented players. Um, now, granted, we have been hit with the injury bug, but still, have. They, they they have still found a way to just win football games. So that's it's good to see. At the end of the day, you just need to win. You just need to win. It, it doesn't it's, matter it's how by, you do it. You just need to win by fourteen points or three points. You you just win. <laughs> you just win. Absolutely. So. Let's talk about the Bucks and the Arizona Cardinals. Both of us got our Christmas wishes. Both of our teams won, making it still relevant. You know, our seasons are not over yet. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Carolina won. We'll get into that a little bit later. They actually look pretty good. But it was against the Detroit Lions, so who knows. Yeah. But Tom Brady, 32 of 48, 281 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, which is very uncommon for Tom Brady, but he did look a little bit rough. But Leonard Fournette, man, he had himself a really good day, 20 carries for 72 yards. No touchdowns for, for Lenny, but he, he did get a lot of yards there. He even contributed in the passing game, nine receptions for 90 yards. I mean, you can't really ask for too much more um, you know, out of your out of your running back, which is kind of funny because in the beginning of the game, I'm pretty sure Collinsworth – said that Rashad White took the starting role of Leonard Fournette. And it did look like that because Rashad White was out there for the first drive. But then Lenny came in and just started doing what Lenny does. And so it's like, what's going on in the backfield in Tampa? Is it Rashad White? Is it Leonard Fournette? I'm okay with either. Yeah. Honestly, I am. I kind of like the little one-two punch that they have going on. It seems like Rashad White is starting to get more um, kind of goal line looks, especially in the passing games. That's how he ended up scoring that 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 touchdown. Um you know, he had four catches for only 17 yards. Again, though, he just gets those little dink and dunks just to get, you know, a couple of yards here for a first down. And then he ended up getting into the end zone um, off of a off of a beautifully executed screenplay, honestly. It was, it was a really nice screenplay from them. Defense, though, on the other hand, looks solid. Death Which, it, honestly, yeah. they've been looking solid this whole year. Yeah, it's really been the offense that hasn't been able to keep up with the with what the defense is doing on the field your, your your offense isn't scoring nearly as many points as what they did last year yeah no and that's that's the biggest thing is that our offense isn't producing Which, all the points that they've been doing but then on the flip side as much as well as the defense has played they haven't been they haven't been great i i will yeah. say that but they have played good enough to win football games the biggest thing, though, I feel like, is that they have not turned. They've not created turnovers, yeah. and in this game, they ended up creating a couple of turnovers. There was the strip sack fumble, you know, um, recovery that uh, I believe it was um, uh, Nelson Anthony Nelson who ended up getting the sack and, and fumble, and then uh, Devin White recovered it, 
And then who got the interception? Someone got the interception. I want to say it was Levante David, I believe. I think so. Who got the interception. So it was Levante David who ended up getting the interception. So they created a couple of turnovers, and that kept them in this game. That kept them in this game, and that's all you need. I know it was against the Arizona Cardinals. I know Trace McSorley, another first-time NFL start against us, and it looked like he was going to win. I get it. It looked like it was a whole other Brock Purdy kind of incident there for a little bit. But you know what? I'm going to pull it out. I've been hearing you talk about this almost all year. Hmm. Tampa, relax. You're gonna pull out, you're gonna just just relax a little you bit. You ain't Aaron Rodgers. Chill out. I'm not trying to be Aaron Rodgers. There you are. You're pulling, what I'm pull, saying, pulling out his old relax that no. is gonna help you. What right? I'm saying is the Tampa fans need to relax a little bit. Okay? I get that this year has not been pretty. But let's soak in this moment. Let's soak it in because I'm telling you this right now. Tom Brady ain't gonna be in Tampa next year. I don't think so. The way this team is, Bruce Arians isn't your head coach? No. Tom Brady is not going to be in Tampa next year. And there has already been rumors that say that Rob Gronkowski is going to monitor Tom Brady in the situation this offseason to potentially come back next year to join him. And let me tell you what, he is. You want to hear my prediction really quick? Go for it. As painful as it is for me. This is why I'm just, you know what, I'm going to soak in this. I'm going to soak in this Tom Brady air. Because as bad as we've looked, I know before Tom Brady, it was so much worse. It was so much worse before Tom had, Brady. You had crab legs running the show. I did. We <laughs> did. It was it was horrible. He was giving out <laughs> he was giving out interceptions like it was Christmas morning. <laughs> but I believe that Tom Brady, I don't know what's gonna happen this year. Who knows? It could be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the NFC championship game. Don't count the old guys out yet. Don't count them out, man. Because at the end of the day, their teams are winning games. And they're just winning them how they need to win them. Mm-hmm. They're not winning beautifully. It doesn't matter. Okay, I get it. The aesthetic, uh, the aesthetically pleasing, you it's, know, it's view the, of seeing the, it 40 the, to 20 or the, whatever. The they, Bills and Chiefs of the world who can blow out almost anybody. Like, no, right. Like, it's not that. But... My prediction is that Tom Brady, whatever happens after this season, whether they end up losing to Carolina next week and they don't make it into the playoffs, or whether they beat Carolina and they win out and they get into the playoffs and they make a run, or whatever the case may be, I believe that Tom Brady is not going to retire. Because, um, honestly, why? He's playing decently, you know? But I believe... That Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are going to take their talents to the West Coast. And the team on the West Coast who is prime right now for a Super Bowl run is none other than the San Francisco 49ers. Let me just paint a picture for you really quick, Anthony. Okay. And the rest of the people here. Okay. Can you imagine Tom Brady with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, that great offensive line that the San Francisco 49ers have. And then you add in Rob Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski and George Kittle are probably the two best blocking tight ends that we've ever seen on the football field. Yeah, I would say so. As far as just pure blocking goes, yeah, I would agree. So you add that on to their talent in the catching game, you can add 
a sixth offensive lineman. And still, you can run a double tight end set, which is what Tom Brady loved to do in New England. You can run a double tight end set, have one tight end as your sixth offensive lineman, have another one. Who cares who it is, Kittle or Rob? Who cares? They can both catch the ball. They can both make plays. They're tough to bring down in the open field. Okay? Or you can run a double tight end set and just turn the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Uh-huh. Or Debo Samuel out of the backfield. And then that defense is top three. Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom Brady is going to take his talents to the San Francisco 49ers. And I believe that the Bucks are going to reap the rewards of whoever the San Francisco 49ers want to get rid of. Whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it be Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. Who cares? At this point, one of those quarterbacks are going to be in Tampa next year. And Tom Brady is going to go to San Francisco next year, and he's probably going to win a Super Bowl with that team. So the one thing the 49ers are missing that would just put the bow on the proverbial gift of San Francisco 49ers and the pairing between them and Tom Brady, you just need a small white guy to play the slot. You need a Wes Welker or Danny Amendola. That, that, and then you got – so you have your James White in the backfield, a.k.a. Okay. Christian McCaffrey. I believe – Bring back Gronk, and then you just need a tiny white guy to play the slot receiver. And I believe Scotty Miller is on his contract here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> There's the bow. Merry Christmas, San Francisco. So I, I just – it just – it almost makes too much sense. It really it, it, almost uh, makes too much yeah, sense. He, he's from San Francisco – the, and the and the only other guy I could see going there this off season is my guy, Aaron Rodgers. He's from California. He grew up watching the Forty ers so they're gonna they the Forty ers are in the most perfect situation. They have three quarterbacks on their roster who they believe can play, and then two on the open market that they would absolutely love to have on their team and would do very well. Yeah. And they've they they're doing good with the three quarterbacks that they have. Yeah. They're de- like they like uh, they're they're the only team that could take the Mister Irrelevant pick. Uh, the the only pick and of, make him undefeated and make him undefeated. They, it, like like it was a it was a record, just for Brock Purdy and where he was drafted, just to make a forward pass in the NFL. Not even throw a touchdown. The man and the man threw four in one game, <laughs> just to just to make a forward pass in the NFL. A Mister Irrelevant has never done that. And Kyle Shannon's like, well, there you go. <laughs> There's a first time for everything. Yeah, yeah. Why not us? So as as much as I, you know, dog and I, and you know, I had that long rant earlier this season about the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, and what to do with him. Maybe they know what they're doing over there. Well, they clearly do. Kyle, because at least Kyle Shanahan does. At least, you know, because they're still in the playoff. They're, they've now won eight in a row. They're probably the hottest team in the NFL currently, um, yeah, right cur- now. Currently, yeah, I yeah, would say. Yeah. Currently, right now, they are probably the hottest team in the NFL. Then on top of that, they have a quarterback carousel that t- franchises have been dreaming about for decades. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, you have, a, you have your pick at potentially come this off season. You potentially have your pick uh, between Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, 
And I mean, what what do they do with Trey Lance? That's the thing. That's why I feel like he could end up maybe to Tampa. Maybe, you know, they, they release him and Tampa ends up, you know, going out and signing him because he's young. You know, he, he's kind of unproven. So he's a big guy, you yeah. know, he's a... He's the stereotypical build of a of a you know of a pocket quarterback, you know what I mean? And he has some athleticism to him to kind of fit into the new offensive scheme mm-hmm. of today's NFL. Mm-hmm. So who knows? You know? So why why not just make it happen? Just go ahead and just, you know what, sign it. Where do I sign? That is <laughs> that is gonna be my prediction. Now, granted, I have failed miserably this year in my predictions so this could be way left but th- this is this could the, be way left th- this is the but this is one of the few predictions where i'm like you know this sounds viable this sounds like something that actually could happen all but i do know with your buccaneers is i pray you don't have todd Bowles as your head coach just as a friend I'm, oh no todd Bowles has got to get fired he's like you're Period. gonna you're gonna have a new I'm going to say you have a by, – by the – come next year, you're going to have a new head coach and a new quarterback, potentially potentially a new off, offensive coordinator because I don't know if Leftwich stays. I think if Todd Bowles go, goes, I think Leftwich goes as well. I think maybe because he has been kind of a prime candidate for a head coaching gig somewhere. I think the Jaguars were close to getting him and then it ended up happening. I don't know. I, I really don't know. What if he goes and takes his and takes his coaching back to Arizona? He could because I, I cause if the two coaches I see because because we'll, we'll I don't know if Kingsbury we'll, is the answer out there. No, I think he gets. I, I was going to say I think he gets fired because we'll, we'll get into it later. But we've already seen Hackett obviously got fired, so I don't think Kingsbury and McDaniel's make it through the offseason. The only saving grace to McDaniel's is if they, if the Raiders are like, mm, Derek Carr ain't the answer. Maybe we pick up Tom Brady. You're talking about Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I know, there's like five well, McDaniels. Well, I feel well, like. <laughs> well, there's, well, there's Josh McDaniels, and then there's Mike McDaniel. Oh, the S. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. And so, the the only reason Josh McDaniels would stick around in in Las Vegas is if they somehow got their hands on Tom Brady and reunited the two of them. But other than that, I don't see them hanging on to Josh McDaniels. Okay, so that's another thing. Tom Brady could go to Vegas because apparently that, that that's the other team that he could potentially go to. Because apparently Derek Carr was that guy who Tom Brady was talking about. You're going to stick with that guy? Okay. Yeah. So that was the guy apparently, mm-hmm. right? So what if Tom Brady does go there? Because in my head, Tom Brady would want Josh McDaniels to stay. And the reason why I say that, not only because they were together in New England, but I feel like that Tom Brady would be able to run McDaniels. That would be Tom Brady's team. Yeah, because it doesn't – is if Josh McDaniels already doesn't have a hold on this team, he ain't going to have a hold on yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady might could go there and be like, look, I'll, I'll make you look good just like I did in New England. Pretty much. Let me <laughs> let, but now we don't have the overshadow of Bill Belichick. Let me do what I do. Because he did it in Tampa. He recruited, you know, he did all of that in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And we, I, here's the thing 
Tom Brady could leave, we're still a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. That is very true. Because because once your offensive line gets healthy, and you get that's uh, probably one of the best in the league. Yeah, if you when you have Jensen, Werfs, and and Donovan Smith, and all those guys all playing and gelling together, it's one of the best offensive lines in the league. Now the issue is that if Tom Brady leaves, does Jensen retire? He might. Does Shaq Mason retire? I would say Shaq Mason might retire before Jensen. Just because Shaq Mason's, I think, I believe he's a little bit older. Right. But with the injury that Jensen... That, that could, that's the, you know, that's that, the only, that could be the tipping. Yeah, that know? could be the tipping point. And then Tom Brady not there. So, because I, I, I want to say that Jensen was close to retiring this offseason. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say it probably depends on who you bring in at quarterback. If so you, if we bring in, like, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo... He might stay. If you bring in a Trey Lance, he might leave. Because Trey Lance is young and unproven. Yeah, that's that's my theory. <sighs> yeah, it's just, but I don't believe that Tom Brady is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer after this season. Because but I have this weird feeling that our season's not over yet. And I had this weird feeling about the Green Bay Packers that their season ain't over yet. No, too many, too many things have been falling in both of our teams' favors for it to be over yet. The NFL writers are at it. They're, again. they're at it again. They're like, they're like no. Before these two guys uh, ultimately leave, retire, do whatever they need to do, they're like, all right, they need to play one more time. <laughs> now, could you could you imagine? So, you know, we talk about Tom Brady and, and the teams that he could potentially go to. My prediction is the 49ers. Could I, would I be surprised if it was the Raiders? No. But, but it, maybe a little bit because of the, how the AFC went. I mean, he would have to play, play Mahomes twice. You know, so I don't know if you would want that. So, and not only but that, I mean, but you'd I, have to play Justin Herbert as well. Yeah. You know, so you but have I've other heard, teams. But I've heard these guys say it time and time again. They don't care who they play. They're competitors at the end of the day. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I understand that. But, I mean, Tom Brady chose the Bucks, And who was his com- competition? For a time, it was Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, and <laughs> Jameis Winston. Well, yeah, but even before that, when he came here in 2020, it was Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, and... Drew Brees. Which Drew Brees couldn't throw a pass beyond 20 yards. <laughs> right. And Matt Ryan, we're seeing his true colors. Yeah, and Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold. Well, Sam Darnold is making the Panthers win right now. Which is surprising to me. Because I, I don't know what to make of that guy. I can't get a read on him because... Well, he sees ghosts, bro. What, I mean, what else? How, how do you get a read on him? How do you get a read on a guy who sees ghosts? Because <laughs> in New York... Or in New Jersey with the Jets, I felt like that was more Adam Gase than it was Sam Darnold. Okay. And then he comes to Carolina. Okay, maybe it was Matt Rule and not Sam Darnold. I, I would probably put more, more money on that. <laughs> so and now they have Steve Wilkes running the show. And Steve Wilkes is making XFL quarterbacks looking good. And I know you know the most of that. <laughs> I do. P.J. Walker. I can't hear that name without twitching a little bit. <laughs> so at the end of the day, the competition 
unsurprisingly, has gotten a little bit stiffer. And within a year, the Buccaneers of 2020 are definitely not the same Buccaneers of 2020. They're, they're, they're no. a, they, this is a completely new team, and, and they're only going to be changing in the, in the offseason. Yeah, they are. So let's say Brady goes to 49ers. Let's say Aaron Rodgers doesn't stick with Green Bay. Because I heard t- this week that Stephen A. Smith came out and said, now granted it's Stephen A. Smith, yeah. he could just be doing what he does. That's why he gets he gets paid to stir the pot. Yeah. You know, like that's what he does. But he did say that he heard from a, a Green Bay Packers person. I don't know who, but yeah. person. He, yeah. They always he keep heard that... the, the words, you know. Yeah, they keep it anonymous. They keep it anonymous that the Packers have already made a decision that they are, they will move forward with uh, Jordan Love next year. And they, they don't believe that they'll keep Rodgers. So here's here's the thing. Let me lay this out for you. So I already kind of painted the picture um, to you with Brady. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, if he leaves, let's say that the Green Bay Packers most likely will trade him to try and get some kind of value out of him. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't believe that they'll trade him to an NFC team. That'd be stupid. Right. So they'll trade him away to an AFC team. Now, what AFC would that be? Everyone wanted to say the Denver Broncos, but now with Russell Wilson and that huge contract, I don't know if that's going to be the case. They're kind of all in on him. Yeah. Um, so he gets traded to an AFC team. Again, I mean, who would make sense? What if, dude, what about the Raiders? Or even, um, I think it was, yeah, it was last offseason, there were... There were the rumors of, oh, Rodgers bought a property in Tennessee. Ooh. That he was going to Tennessee. Okay, so Tennessee. Okay, so an AFC team. What if next year, Super Bowl, what would it be? Super Bowl 58? Because this year's 57, Yeah, right? 58. So Super Bowl 58, it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. Depending on the teams that they're both on? Well, if Brady goes to 49ers, yeah. And if Rodgers goes, I mean, Rodgers could go to the Raiders and team back up with Devontae Adams. Or he could go to Tennessee and still deal with no receivers there, but have one hell of a running back. He'd have a hell of a running back and a really nice defense. Yeah. And Mike Vrabel as a head coach. And and he likes Vrabel. Exactly. So... what, what, What if we see a 49er Tennessee Super Bowl next year? With Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers going at it, that'd be that'd be awesome. That'd be wild. That'd be wild. <laughs> that'd be, and and the contract says the loser has to retire. Oh, that'd be hilarious! <laughs> like a pink slip, kind of a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> because Tennessee makes all the sense in the world until you get to. Oh, the receivers. Until you get to, oh, crap. I have no receivers still. Yeah. None. I have none. Traylon Burks. Robert Maybe. Woods. <laughs> but, Traylon, I mean, but look at the quarterback that they have. I mean, if they if they can get to the first seed in the NFC, in, in the AFC with Ryan Tannehill. What in the of, AFC South. You got the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Colts. Weak division. Very weak, weak division. division. So Brady could go, or not Brady, but Rogers could go there. Very well Are good. we about to get an email 
from The Simpsons. <laughs> the writers of the NFL and The Simpsons. We're about to get a cease and desist from both of them. Like. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we are shutting down your non-relevant <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sorry to all ten listeners. <laughs> but, I mean, that would be wild, that'd be, that'd man. Be... Because I, because I can't think of any other AFC teams that are like, like man, where where, what team in the AFC are just a quarterback away from competing for a Super Bowl? Like, I mean, I want to say the Raiders, but maybe not. They seem completely just dysfunctional. They don't. They seem to not know what they're doing. I mean, but but if you give but if you give Aaron Rodgers, Josh Jacobs. Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, <laughs> pairing back up with Devontae Adams. Well, who knows? And then that leaves the other question, Derek Carr. So Derek Carr could be Tampa bound. I feel like whatever happens this offseason, Tampa is just going to be the hand-me-down team. Yeah, they're going to be the hand-me-down to whoever is getting rid of whatever current quarterback they're they're looking to get rid of. Right. Because like, I could see you guys getting... Maybe, like, say you get get Jimmy G in a pick. That pick turns into a future quarterback that you guys draft, draft and develop at that point. That could work out. But. <laughs> could. I mean, it could. I mean, so it's, it's hard. And then, you know, of course, there's always the rumors that have been kind of going around since I believe I want to say last offseason when um, Lamar Jackson didn't sign. What if Lamar comes to Tampa? I, I, I could you probably, it's probably the least likely to happen most i mean maybe but if they i, I could see the ravens getting with him this offseason and finally the come, only time that the, the ravens actually paid their quarterback was after joe flacco won super bowl mvp and he finessed the ravens just like zach wilson finessed the jets yeah yeah <laughs> man <laughs> I mean, he 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 had a an insane run in the playoffs that we've never seen before by a quarterback. Joe Flacco at one point was the best quarterback in the league. As far like he was the opposite of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers has always been good in the regular season. Come postseason, it's hit or miss, mostly miss, but <laughs> mostly <laughs> mostly. But Joe Flacco. Pretty average in the in the regular season, but man, once he got to the postseason, he was a different man. I don't, under, I never understood it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So Joe Flag. So the only time that the Ravens, from my knowledge, which isn't very large as you know, but the only time that the Ravens have paid a quarterback is after they've gotten a ring, after they've gotten a Super Bowl from him. Yeah, because Lamar's already had an MVP award, so you'd think he would get an extension after that. Nope. Nothing. And, and I think part of the problem with Lamar <clears throat> is because you, you know the whole story with him and his mom as his agent and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So that, that might be playing playing into it where the Ravens might feel like, oh, yeah, we can kind of strong arm Lamar because his mom is his agent. Well, I don't think that's the case. And I think they found out out this offseason. Mm-hmm. Mama knows best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, man. So... I mean, I joke about it all the time, man. My my youngest, he's my retirement plan. 
Yeah. She's going to be a long snapper. <laughs> Play 15 years. <laughs> Just send daddy a check every month. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, but, you know, so, I mean, mama knows best. So, and I mean, who, who, what, what better GM to talk with than Jason Light? Yeah. When, when it comes down to, to family. And when it comes to finessing. Because at the end of the day, man, I think Jason Light is one of the best GMs in the league. Yeah, I'd put him... I really do. I'd put him up there with, like, John Lynch and, and those guys. Yeah. he He's he's very quiet. Now, he he's made a couple of questionable decisions, but, I mean, John Lynch has done the same. Bill Belichick has done the same. Because he, he, he's GM and head coach. Yeah, he's pretty much... Yeah. He, I mean, he's... he's he does the, well. Yeah. So, but... I, I think that Jason Light could get it done. I really do. I mean, he landed Tom Brady. He got Tom Brady to sign as a Buccaneer. When no one thought he was going to sign with Tampa. No. And the other suitors was like the Chargers, the Raiders, the 49ers. Like much more aesthetically pleasing teams than the Bucks. I think the 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 nail in the coffin for Tom Brady coming to Tampa was just the location. I do too. I think it was the just his family, the location. And he he's even come out and said, you know, I didn't I never thought I was a warm weather quarterback, but I think I'm a warm weather quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean after after feeling it, yeah. 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 I mean, dude, we just had a cold front in Florida and I know that I am not a northern person. No, you are not. No. no you're not. <laughs> it was like thir- it was like forty and I was like, I'm dying right yeah. now. I could not warm up for the life of me, man. <laughs> that was the longest night I've ever had in my life outside. <laughs> It was horrible. <laughs> but anyway, yes, Tom Brady did choose Tampa and he's come out. So that's the other thing. He came out and he said that one of the main reasons why he chose Tampa was because of the location, was because he could stay on the East Coast for his family and everything. Well, I mean, I, I get that the kids are still there, but, I mean, Giselle ain't there anymore. So he could easily stay as a warm-weather quarterback, take his, <laughs> take his talents to the West Coast. Right. Hey, during the off season, come and stay with daddy. During the <laughs> during the regular season, fly back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I mean it wouldn't be too much difference of what he was already doing pretty much, but <sighs> I mean, I don't know. That's my prediction. That is my prediction. And we spent way enough. Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't feel like we spent way too long about it. We we covered a lot of good things. Yeah. And I feel like it was all I think, relevant. Things. I think we hit we hit a lot of the points we wanted to hit on that. Right, exactly. But let's go ahead and let's go into some games that did happen this week. And let's just talk about, because you brought up Nathaniel Hackett. So Nathaniel Hackett is now out as a Denver Bronco head coach. <sighs> I mean, rightfully so. I mean, this, this, like, like, this guy was horrible. Now, me, in the preseason, I thought, okay, the Broncos... I know it's going to be a new system, a new regime, new quarterback, new head coach, but I think Russell Wilson and what he's done, they'll make it work. No, no, no. If anything, you were you were much closer on your prediction than I was. The Broncos are one of, if not the worst team in the NFL right now. They're like they're fighting with the Buccaneers, uh, not the Buccaneers, not the Jeez, <laughs> the Texans. <laughs> they're fighting with the Texans right now for last place. Yeah, they like, really they, are. like they're like 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 there's like those bottom of the barrel teams, the Texans, the Broncos, Colts, the Colts, the the the, the completely gutted Rams, like <laughs> which somehow this gutted 
Rams team put up 51 points. Well, that's because they intercepted Russell Wilson three times, and I'm pretty sure returned two of them. Two of them in the house? Yeah, I believe so, because um, um, our pop-off player of the week. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll actually we'll get into that. Uh, so it is that time of week again. It is the pop-off player of the week. And that winner of the pop-off player of the week goes to none other than Cam Akers. You finally arrived. <laughs> and for all of those who dropped Cam Akers and then ended up getting kicked out of the playoffs because of this of his performance on Sunday, you are I, welcome and Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want everyone to know this is on my own my own fault. But I drafted Cam Akers in the second round. Yeah. I drafted Cam Akers in the second round. After Jonathan Taylor. After Jonathan Taylor. Because you I thought... were the worst team in the league. Uh, next to... Uh... No, I was the worst team in the league. Oh, I, yeah, you were. I was... <laughs> okay. I, I finished 4-10. and ten. I was awful. Dude. I couldn't string together two wins to save my life. <laughs> you would have been fired if you were Nathaniel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I've got the same record <laughs> you as You've got the, the Buc- same record, record as Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> I would have been fired. I'm about, I don't know. So, Cam Akers... 23 carries, 118 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. After this man was on the verge of trading, being traded after nobody wanted him in the trade market. <laughs> he came out of nowhere and said, hey, I am still relevant. I am still here. And I really want to know how many people drafted him, dropped him, and then had to play him this last week in a playoff well, this last week was to get to yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl in fantasy. Which, if anyone had the guts to play Cam Akers in their playoffs, good on you. <laughs> because you are you are right there with the Simpsons writers. Right? Yeah, you 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 are on Bill Belichick levels of fantasy football <laughs> managers. Like, good on you. That's all I can say. <laughs> like, Seriously, but Cam Akers, you are well-deserving of this pop-off player um, of the week. You won and you lost a lot of teams in fantasy this week, but good on you, Cam Akers. <laughs> Have a round of applause, sir. But, yeah, let's go ahead and let's continue to talk about this, though, man. Baker Mayfield played clean game 24-28. Really good game right there. Only four incompletions, two touchdowns, no interceptions. <laughs> 230 yards, and he kind of spread the ball all around. Now, Tyler Higby was definitely his favorite target. Nine catches for 94 yards, two touchdowns. So, but, I mean, Cam Akers got two catches. Uh, Bryson Hopkins got three catches. You got Van Jefferson. Um, I don't even know how to say that name oh, no, that well. No, they, they, I know it says Jeterius, uh, but they're in, whenever they do the uh... – Announces uh, the announcers when they when they say his name when he catches it they two two Atwell they call him oh two 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 all right so two two Brandon Powell Malcolm Brown I mean he just spread the ball all around and then that defense ended up being really really good but it was against the Broncos so okay Russell Wilson was supposed to be the next Peyton Manning for the Denver Broncos. He was supposed to come there, a veteran quarterback, a proven winner. He was supposed to go there. He got paired up with a what we thought was a great quarterback coach. 
And it, this was supposed to be the season for the Denver Broncos again. This was supposed to be their time to shine. It was. And I, I guarantee you John Elway is up there. Uh, up there in the, in the box, just looking at this team when they play. And, and he's probably thinking, I could put on some pads right now, go out there and probably play better than what Russell Wilson is doing right now. You know what? That's a bold statement, but I he's probably I think, can't argue. He's, with he's you. probably thinking that. Like I could, pro- he's like I could probably put some pads on right now and play better than what Russ is. Playing. I could get, I could get helicoptered again. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm yeah. almost sixty years old. I could do that. Like, yeah. Dang, two can play through three concussions. Yeah, I can uh, play through. Y- yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but what is up with Russell Wilson? And it honestly, dude, it looks like Russell Wilson has no respect on the sideline. Because none. Because all of that, that that faux energy, I feel like. Yeah, that faux energy, that that complete. Um, I don't know how to word this. The 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 overwhelming optimism that he has when everything around him is just burning, and nothing else is nothing seems to be working, but he still thinks it's going to work. <laughs> like, like Russell Wilson in the NFL is the definition of insanity. Yeah, doing the same thing. Over and over again, expecting different results. The Denver Broncos are that. It, I know I've been. I know I've been referencing the Simpsons a lot, which I really cannot tell you why, because I I really don't even watch the show to be honest with no, you. I, I really don't either. It's been on for <laughs> but, almost, what, 30, yeah. 30 years. Right, exactly. But it's like the days of our lives of cartoons. It's like it just never goes away. You know it exists. It's there. <laughs> yeah, but you don't there. watch it. It's there. You'll see a meme every once in a while, which is what I'm kind of getting to. The Broncos country is the little Simpson boy in the back of the bus saying, "Ah, I'm I'm in in danger. danger. And Russell Wilson is the bus driver. Okay. (laughs) like (laughs) Broncos country. Let's ride. And you know who the kid, you know who the kid in the back of the bus is? Jerry Judy. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Jerry Judy's back there. I'm in danger. (laughs) <laughs> there's obvious frustration though on the sideline. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and you like as the game, and on the field. Yeah, there was a. Oh, I'm sorry, you no, might even say what I'm about to say. No, no, it's as the games have gone on, you've seen more and more players, and I was getting to, especially Jerry Judy, where things aren't going their way, and they're taking their helmets off and slamming them on the field. Like even even like that, you remember that that first ugly Thursday night football game yes. against the against the Colts. Yeah. And he missed KJ Hamler in the end zone and he yep. just again slammed his helmet on the field. Like, yep. yeah, there has been frustration throughout the entire Broncos organization this entire year. Yeah. Because in the preseason they put this whole thing together and thought, okay, we have a really good offensive mind a head coach, a proven quarterback, a couple decent uh weapons for him, a really nice defense. Let's let's get this done. Yeah, it was supposed to be, like I said, the year for Denver. Maybe not the year to win the Super Bowl, but they were expecting Russell Wilson to come in here and win them games. They were expecting Russell Wilson to cook, honestly. They they, they were. Let Russ cook. But there was a play against the Los Angeles Rams where Russell Wilson was scrambling to the right, and there was a receiver about 10 yards from him wide open on the sideline and he was literally waving both of his hands and like jumping like dude look at me 
Throw me the ball. <laughs> like, throw me the ball, Russell. I'm open right now. And Russell Wilson did not throw it to him. And the frustration that was just on the body language of this man. I don't know the, who I don't the, know who the receiver was, but the frustration was so so evident. And you could just be like and the 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 most frustrating thing I'm getting frustrated I'm not even a player for the Broncos is that he did that and that receiver probably went up to him on the sideline now I don't know if this happened but I can only you know what I'm just gonna create fairy tale okay on the sideline I can imagine that receiver going up to Russell Wilson and being like dude you gotta look man like what is up like I was open like you gotta see this like what's going on I'm you look my way and Russell Wilson was just like all right baby don't worry about it I got you next time you know like just so <laughs> odd like sh- this, dude the fact that Russell Wilson hasn't become the Geno Smith 2.0 and has his jaw broken in the locker room yet is beyond me honestly which that leads us to our second segment it's a little bit early, but it just happened to fall this way. The pop-off player of the week was on the Los Angeles Rams with Cam Aker. And now it is that time, my friend, the Golden Brick Award. That is right. It is time for the Golden Brick Award winner. And I'm pretty sure you all have a pretty good idea on who it is. Russell Russell Wilson. Wilson. (laughs) This man. You probably, we are going to do an end of the year award ceremony with like who was the biggest pop-off and who was the biggest Golden Brick Award winner. And there might be a few other awards in there. But Russell, I might just crown you for this entire season. This is the first time that you are winning this. We have overlooked you. We have tried to give you give you the benefit of the doubt. We have tried to be like, you know what? This is his first year. He's trying to learn a new scheme. Maybe it's Nathaniel Hackett. Who who knows? But you know what, Russell? No, you deserve this one. Okay, you deserve this one. Fifteen of twenty-seven, two hundred and fourteen yards, one touchdown to three interceptions, and God knows how many missed wide open receivers <laughs> you did not throw the ball to. Russell Wilson, you are the reason why Nathaniel Hackett lost his job. You are the reason why you ruined Hackett's family on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas. You are the reason why Denver Broncos country are praying that their seatbelt unbuckles so then that way they can get off of the ride because they don't like it they want to drive that bus right off the colorado mountains and crash and burn because of you russell wilson you can take your talent somewhere else that is what they're saying because you my friend are reminding them of the horrible horrible contract that they or no i'm i'm sorry It wasn't a horrible contract, but you are the second coming of Brock Osweiler for the Denver Broncos. You were supposed to be their hero, and instead you have become the absolute antichrist for them, okay? You looked really good and everything else like that, but you led them straight to hell this season, my friend. And so I know that you are a praying man, but for everything, you need to pray for a little bit of talent and get a little bit real because the optimism is just too much, and we can't handle it anymore. So, Russell Wilson... 
have yourself a Golden Brick Award. I know that you are going to be pumped receiving this award because it is just an honor to be mentioned by this small, small podcast of ours. But Russell Wilson, have yourself a Golden Brick. <laughs> and, you know, he might be the epitome of this entire award because he, in the preseason, he's something that we thought was going to look good, look decent, and instead it's just been crap. You might be the reason why we changed this award to the Russell Wilson Award. Honestly. Holy crap. <laughs> Seriously. You know, you had the Vince Lombardi. You had the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Now you have the Russell Wilson Award. Never have we seen a quarterback who just last year was a pro bowler, all pro. People are talking, talking about, hey, Russ is a potential Hall of Famer. Not anymore. <laughs> that but that ship has sailed. I now know why he's never received one MVP vote. And now, it you know it really came to light after he left Seattle, and all the members of the Legion of Boom, and even like Marshawn Lynch, all of them came out and did nothing but bash Russell Wilson. Yes. Because at the end of the day, they were the reason that that team was successful. And rightfully so, they, they, they feel like they've been slighted and haven't gotten the credit they deserve for that run. The run of those, those years they had with Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, those guys. That, that was the heart of that team. Russ was just the one to kind of get them across the finish line when the defense was doing the bulk of the work. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the the, the Super Bowl that they ended up winning against the Denver Broncos, <laughs> full That's circle. Full, they've come full circle. But against Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos is because that defense didn't allow Peyton Manning to go past the 50. I no. want to say almost that entire Super Bowl. That's why Malcolm Smith was Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. <laughs> it was because of the defense. And you know what, Russell Wilson? When the Seattle Seahawks put the ball in your hand to win them the Super Bowl, instead of handing it off to Marshawn Lynch, you threw the ball away. You threw it right into the hands of Malcolm Butler, made him the MVP, got him paid. You know what? Russell Wilson is a bad quarterback. He's just, I've, he's been, like, when you really look at the entire picture of his career. Everything makes sense now. Everything makes sense. He has been... Riding on the coattails of an all-time great defense. And then when he doesn't have a a top 10 defense of all time, now you see his true colors. Yeah. Yeah, And unfortunately for Broncos country, that's orange and blue. Yeah. He might be black and blue though, man. If we don't, if if he, if, might have, if, if he doesn't just shut he, his mouth, like he might, yeah, he. But hey, he he fleeced the hell out of the Broncos for a nice payday. So, who wants to become the head coach for the Denver Broncos? There's rumors that Sean Payton is going to come back next year. There are rumors that 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 might happen, and I'm sorry. I don't think Sean Payton is looking at Denver and going, oh, yeah, that's my team. No. No way, dude. He'd probably rather have the Colts job. Ooh. Honestly. Probably, because then he could he could pick his quarterback. 
He could bring in whoever he wants as his quarterback. He could he could even bring in a new offensive coordinator and somebody who somebody else who knows how to call the plays. He could have his own he could start something completely new in in Indianapolis. He could. Yeah. Man, I kind of see it too. <laughs> That's crazy. It makes sense. I I kind of see it. It's all coming. We are putting the pieces of the future of the NFL <laughs> just together in this podcast. Because as wild as last offseason was, this one might might trump that one. Like it might just make that one look this like one nothing. yeah i feel like that as wild as this season has been if we don't have an equally wild off season i'm gonna be disappointed because we've already had <clears throat> this season we've already had the biggest trade deadline in nfl history did tom brady come into tampa just completely flip the nfl on its head because really think about it ever since tom brady came to tampa the nfl has kind of been a little weird it has been because Brady has always he he's always ran the uh, AFC East with uh, with New England, and everyone in the AFC was always gearing up to beat Tom. That yeah, was, that was now they're gearing up to to beat Mahomes and Joe Burrow and those guys. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Now the and then the NFC has to load up to beat the well, Tom Brady. Which they've done a decent job of it this year. I didn't say that much. Yes, they have. <laughs> so, and now looking at you, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> but now, all of a sudden, the best team in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts, who were they were, who just last year they were what a nine and eight football team, like a ten nine and eight, ten and seven football team, something like that. Yeah. And now they've they've won all of what they they've lost all of what. Three games now? There's like three games. So it's a new era in the NFL. (laughs) It's completely new. (laughs) It's it's gonna be a very interesting offseason, I can say that. But honestly, speaking of wild, let's talk about a wild game that happened, and that is none other than the Philadelphia Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys ended up winning and handing the Philadelphia Eagles their second loss of the year. And Dallas also secured themselves a playoff spot. So now you got the Eagles, you got the Cowboys that are definitely in the playoffs, both out of the NFC East. Will we see a third team out of the NFC East? You hope not, but time will tell. But Gardner Minshew, he almost pulled it off. Almost pulled it off. Like... If I like honestly, for, of all the of all the backup quarterbacks in the league, if I need you to win one game, Man, Minshew's it. Like, Minshew might be. <laughs> this Minshew guy was making some it. crazy some crazy throws. Uh, he was moving out of the pocket, trying to make things happen. Like you, he, he looked good. And if it wasn't for Micah Parsons, he he, he might have won that whole. He thing. might have won that game, but the Cowboys end up beating the Eagles forty to thirty four. Dak Prescott had a pretty good game, 27 of 35, 347 yards, three touchdowns to one interception. Ezekiel Elliott finally found himself in the end zone again, 16 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, 10 catches, 120 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that offense was just cruising. Um, It was definitely a fun game to watch. It was kind of a back and forth. The Dallas Cowboys did kind of have the upper hand. 
um, there in the second half, whereas the Philadelphia Eagles had the upper hand in the first half. So, man, it was it was just a fun game to watch, and I, I think it was more fun because of Gardner Gardner Minshew. Yeah, like you you're like, is this guy really gonna? Because we we all remember Gardner Minshew when and he was in Jacksonville, and yeah. he had that crazy like Lynn Sanity run. You yeah. know, it was like you know you saw the mustaches were starting to come out. You know, Jacksonville was getting alive. They made Thursday night football relevant again. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, oh, it was all of that stuff, you know. So, but it was really kind of, you, you You were watching this and you were like, what other quarterback would you want? Just kind of like what you were saying, other than Gardner Minshew. I know that they didn't get it done, you know, but they they still are in first place. You know, that they're only 13-2. and two. Gardner Minshew had himself a pretty good game. 24, 40, uh, 24 completions of 40 attempts, 355 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The two interceptions obviously came back to hurt him. But let me tell you what, man. He loves Devontae Smith. Eight catches for 113 yards and two touchdowns to pair that off with. You had A.J. Brown had six catches for 103 yards. So you had two receivers over 100 yards. Miles Sanders had a pretty decently game. So, I mean, it, overall, this was just a really wild and fun game yeah. to watch. And speaking of wild, I, I bet you forgot the, the Cowboys signed T.Y. Hilton, too. So, he had his Yeah, movie. of all the people. I, I forgot about that man. Which I believe he had a few catches. Yeah, he had, oh, he had one. He had a, one a, catch for 52 yards. yards. He yeah. just was like, hey, I'm good on this. I got you. I, you need half of the field covered. Let yeah. me let me do that for like you. Like they're they're bringing back the the ghost of T. Y. Hilton from the Indianapolis Colts. It's so crazy because everyone was thinking, oh Odell, 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 and it still might be Odell. Yeah, it's just Odell's not going to be there until later <clears throat> in the playoffs. But it was like breaking news: Cowboys sign veteran wide receiver, and you're like, oh here it is, and then it was like, oh T. Y. Hilton. Oh uh, wait a minute, you exist. I forgot about you. You exist. Which is crazy because in the Colts' day, especially back with Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton was nasty, man. He He was was nasty. That man, like, like he was, he he felt like Tyreek before Tyreek came. Like, he, because he was like one of the burners in the NFL. I agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah. I really do agree with that statement. He was shifty. He could move. That man. It's too bad he was on the Colts. Like, <laughs> I know, but it's, it, it, you know, poor Colts organization. <laughs> like, yeah, Once they, Andrew Luck retired. They have been trying to. In shambles. They've been in shambles trying to get the pieces together. And it's just not, it's not been working. It's just not been working. Because at least this year, you would have thought that, okay, maybe we have a good offensive line. We have a really good running back. None of that worked. No. So I I don't know where they go from here because they're they fired their head coach. They haven't known what they're going to be doing at quarterback the last three seasons. They haven't been knowing what they've been doing at quarterback for the last three games. Yeah, because they they've gone through their entire they've gone through their entire rotation of quarterbacks this year. Yeah, between Ellinger, Foles, Matt Ryan, they 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 don't have they don't have that identity that at least they had with Jonathan Taylor and the. In the offensive line. Right. So. Here's here's a question for you. Is Tony Pollard going to stay in Dallas, or is he going to take his talents and get paid somewhere? What if Tony Pollard goes to, like, Buffalo? Or Baltimore? I mean, they would both fit. Because I don't think Singletary is the answer in Buffalo. 
and J.K. Dobbins can't seem to stay healthy in Baltimore. What if he goes to Jacksonville? Because we don't know what ETN is. Yeah, because ETN seems to be very up and down. He could completely go off one game and then completely be dead in the water the next. So, or maybe Jacksonville runs a one-two punch with ETN and Tony Pollard. Pollard. Because that seems to be the direction with a lot of teams is they want... They want a one-two punch in the backfield because they don't want to wear down their running backs. Unless if you're Tennessee. Unless you're Tennessee. Then you're like, okay, we we have a linebacker at running back. Let's yeah. Just, let's just go with it. Just give him the ball. Just we got to give it to him at least 17 times. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I just, Tony Pollard is probably one of the most underrated running backs in the in the game. And I feel like if he's in, I mean, he, he, he does good in Dallas. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like, man... He could really put a team – he's the type of running back, I feel like, that could really put a team over the edge if he goes to the right team. Or what Dallas could do, they re-sign Tony Pollard, move off Zeke Elliott. That's what – I mean, if if I'm in their position, that's what I'd be trying to do. Get what I can for Zeke, re-sign Tony Pollard. Wouldn't they have to eat up a lot of cap space for Zeke, though? I know he is under contract. But still, if I can just get what I can for Zeke, because it seems like ever since his first couple of years in the league when he was tearing it up and leading the league in rushing, he's kind of been slowly on the decline these last few years. So I, I don't know how much more he's got left in, in the tank. So I'd be looking to move off of him and get what I can for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I just, I don't know. I know that Jerry Jones doesn't like to waste his money. So I don't know if that, that would happen. Man, I don't know. Because before, I mean, and then before Zeke, they had DeMarco Murray. So they've always had that. The, the, the This seems to be new territory for the Cowboys because they've never really had a one-two puncher running back. It's always been one guy and he's the workhorse of the team. Yeah. Because even before him, like I said, they had DeMarco Murray who – was one of the when he was in his prime, he was probably one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, we saw we saw some really good days from Murray in Dallas, mm-hmm. and even when he was on the Eagles, he wasn't he still wasn't bad. But no, he wasn't. But Tony Pollard, he's he's one of the guys who I'm definitely going to watch this off season. I just I want to yeah. see what happens with it at the end because of because he can he can move it on the ground and he can catch a lot of passes through the air too. So he could. He could really fit in, in a lot of places. Yeah, he could. So speaking of running backs, um, I didn't like what I saw from the Panthers last week. And the reason why I say that is because the Bucks have been having a hard time stopping the run, and we have to face the Carolina Panthers coming off a very, very good win off of a very, very hot Detroit Lions team, which this is the craziest year. I am talking about competing for the NFC South with a team that has literally been trying to tank. And they are finding themselves in this in this playoff hunt, possibly could win the so division. Your prediction for the Carolina Panthers could actually come so to fruition. Do I owe you an apology if the Panthers win the division? Yes. <laughs> yes. And every other because Tampa fan I, out there. Because I... Obviously, I wasn't being serious when I said, maybe, what, what if Baker Mayfield is 
takes the NFC, takes the South from me this year. Well, luckily that part the, of the prediction. Luckily, is, the my, like, Baker Mayfield isn't going to take it from you, but PJ Walker might. <laughs> and no, Sam, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold might. Sam Darnold had himself a Jimmy Garoppolo game: fifteen completions, twenty-two attempts, two hundred and fifty yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. But Devontae Foreman and Chuba Hubbard had an insane game on the ground. Devontae Foreman, 21 carries, 165 yards. That's almost eight yards a carry for one touchdown. And then Chuba Hubbard, 12 carries for 125 yards. That's over 10 yards a carry. He didn't find the end zone, but who cares? They had almost 300 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Between two running backs. Between two running backs. That worries me. Yeah. That really worries me. Because I can see it now that the the Panthers game plan, much like what what they were probably trying to do against Detroit, Detroit, keep the ball out of the offense's hands because they know Detroit can put up points in bunches. Yes. So they're like, okay, we're going to run the ball 40 times and you're not going to see the ball. Yeah, so, pretty much. And now you're going up against Tampa, who I don't know. I know Vita Vea was sidelined yesterday. I don't know if he's – or on Sunday, I mean. I don't know if he's going to play this this week. I, I'm unsure if Hakeem Hicks is out there because I know that he's been in and out all season I think long. He, I think he played against the Cardinals. I think he was out there. I think so too. So, But it's just – I don't like that, man. No, that – I was really hoping for Detroit to win. I thought that this was going to be the perfect like kind of like relief for us that Detroit was going to win, beat Carolina. You know, it just seemed like that that's what it, it did not happen. But on the other hand, it is it is Detroit and they have been one of the teams to give up the most points in the NFL. <laughs> there, yeah, there so is for, a hope. There is a glimpse of optimist, so, you know, optimism there. So for the so for the Panthers to put up almost forty points on the on the Detroit Lions, I mean that's what they've been averaging, giving up this year, pretty much. Yeah, I think they've been giving up about thirty five points a game this year. Like, <laughs> so well, luckily our defense hasn't been that bad. But the last time that we played the Carolina Panthers, if 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 you need to be reminded, the Carolina Panthers ended up beating us 21 to, I want to say, th- 7. Or so, maybe it was 21 to 3. I really can't remember. I try and block that out of my memory. So, But it was 21 to nothing for the majority of the game. Which it's crazy that both of our teams going into next week need to beat teams that we've already lost to in, previously in the year. It's a revenge get, tour. It's a revenge tour to get into the playoffs. Against divisional opponents. Because if we do not beat the Carolina Panthers, we would have to... We One, we would definitely have to beat the Atlanta the Falcons, Falcons. In the last game of the year. And then we would have to have Carolina lose. Because then that would put them at 7-10. and 10, And that would put us at 8-9. and nine. <clears throat> So we would win the division at 8-9. and nine. And I, I don't I don't think any team, regardless if you win the division, you don't want to walk into the playoffs with a losing record. No. I don't think like Unless if you're the New York Giants and you're playing and you have Eli Manning. 
Yeah, then the sky's the limit. There you go. You, yeah, you guys, that. you guys are the juggernauts of the NFL. Y'all, y'all might want to get your rings sized already. Like, yeah, <laughs> and you're going up against an undefeated team. Yeah, so. but I don't know, man. It's got it's it's worrying me though. It is worrying me. But like you said, I'm more worried about my team going into next week. Detroit, I, Detroit. They they have been very. Prone to giving up a lot of points. Yes, very prone to giving up a lot of points. And Jared Goff had himself a heck of a day. 24 completions of 42 attempts, 355 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. You know, so, I mean, you had you had good play out of the offense. And so, but it comes down to the offense, which it's crazy to think that I, I am worried about the play of Tom Brady right now. It's, I don't think it's so much Tom Brady. It's the fact that you guys have a – you're struggling to get a running game going, which which is what is hindering Tom Brady from being Tom Brady because the de- if the defense knows, okay, they can't run the ball, we can just pin our ears back and go after the quarterback. That's what's giving you guys trouble. But if, they, if you guys were to have that – it's the, the respectable running game and keep the defense honest – Give Tom Brady more time to make a decision. That that's the the difference maker. <laughs> so I hate the fact that I am worried about the Carolina Panthers. And I hate the fact even more so that you put this out in the universe earlier. Yeah, it's out there. Have fun, pal. <laughs> Next week could be a very depressing episode. It could be. We we could we could both be looking at playoff elimination come next week. But on the optimistic side, revenge tour. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did because I got into the into our fantasy championship. That's right. <laughs> Your boy, 7 and 7. I'm in the I'm in the championship and the guy who I'm playing against is 7 and 7 too. We we snuck into the playoffs and went on an absolute heater. <laughs> Oh, I loved man. it, dude. I love every freaking minute of it. So that I, full full circle, going full circle. Watch out, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, NFC Championship game. Look out, people. Christian Watson, first play of the year against the Vikings, drops a wide open touchdown. Ooh, this, game game winner against Minnesota. You might get a game winner against Minnesota. Full circle. Here we come full circle. There you go. Let's start putting this up. <laughs> <into the atmosphere. laughs> This is the kind of stuff that we need to get out there, man. Not not this, oh, what if Baker Mayfield ran the South? <laughs> Gosh, man. Imagine he runs the West next year. <laughs> wow. Move over Stafford. Not going to happen with, with Tom Brady and 49ers. Cooper Cup and Baker Mayfield, though. <laughs> Jeez. I don't even know if Cooper <laughs> Cup likes that. <laughs> but if Robbie Anderson didn't, I can't imagine Cooper Cup does. So. Yeah. No. You know what one team that I have to say that I am worried about, and I know that you're not worried about them. And probably a lot of people aren't worried about them. But I just and and I'm only when I say worried, I I, I just I have a lot of doubt with them. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. I get it. They're twelve and three. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. I will say that. But it seems like everyone can beat them. 
It, 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 I don't know if they just if they just make it a close game just to entertain themselves, or if they just. I don't know. It's just. I mean, okay, they beat the Seahawks twenty four to ten. So they're they they beat them by you know a couple of possessions. That's fine. That's dandy. That's great. But last week they went into overtime against the Houston Texans, and every. Every competitor in the AFC can and has beaten Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That they have. And so, so it's... Yeah, and it's... The, the Chiefs are a team that you can't... You can't tell what they're going to do every, every week. Because they could have a game like this where it's very modest... For the Chiefs, Patrick Holmes throws a couple touchdowns. Pacheco has a decent game. Or the next game, they could really rely on Pacheco and Mahomes doesn't get hardly anything, or vice versa. So you you can't, no pun intended, but you can't get a read on the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> you can't. It's like Sam Darnold. Yeah. Are they seeing Ghost right now? They might be. <laughs> they might be seeing ghosts. They're seeing Alex Smith, right? <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about it. If you're a Chiefs fan, obviously, you, you're you a diehard. You believe that the team is going to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, you rob banks. Like, that's just what you do. But Or oh, the chiefs a holic guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's just what you do. Oh, you know? So, Chief Kingdom, you know? Yeah. Let's rob. You know? Like... <laughs> As State Farm and Patrick Mahomes have said, it doesn't have to be that personal, man. It, well, <laughs> it don't got to be that personal. Man. Well, I'm just saying, all right, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, but I, you know, they're they're twelve and three. I'm not going to deny that they are one of the best teams in the NFL. They have probably the, you know, at least one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I get it. And again, I don't know if it's like they're a cat and they just like to play with their victims, you know, and but they ultimately know that they're going to win. Or is it they just, you know, people have the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I I don't believe that the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl this year. I really don't. And that's kind of scary to say because it's kind of like saying that the prime Tom Brady Patriots aren't going to make it. I'll say if they 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 need someone to knock out the, the Bengals before they play. They do, because the Bengals seems to be the Achilles heel of them, and that team right now is really hot. Yeah, and <clears throat> Joe Burrow's the only quarterback in the league right now that hasn't that hasn't lost to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Which is crazy to think, but <laughs> I mean, Joe Cool, though, man. He's Joe Cool. Joe Cool. So, Bengals, and Bengals are looking really good. So, all right, Anthony, mm-hmm. let's get to the segment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and read this email from Glenn. Glenn, I forgot about you last week, but I'm not going to forget about you this week, buddy, because you sent me an email. Send us your emails, dnafootballtalk at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your scenarios. We want to hear your rants, your questions, your concerns, you know, your complaints about, you know, how David called Russell Wilson the Antichrist, you know, all of that stuff. So, <laughs> but 
I didn't forget about you this week, Glenn, so let's go ahead and get into it. I really like this one. This isn't like a who would you rather. I mean, it is, but it's different. It has a little bit of a twist to it, and I like it. It's more of a scenario. Let me hear it. Okay, so it says, since so many players are getting injured, and this might be a scenario. Ideal idea idea that I want to, you know, kind of run run by you guys. Mm -hmm. Your team is down. Okay, Anthony? So get it in your head. Ready? I'm going to paint you a picture. Okay. Your team is down by five points, and your starting quarterback just got injured with one minute left on the clock. Which backup of the three that I'm about to name would you choose to win you the game? This game does lead you to the playoffs. Okay. Okay, so you're down by five, a minute to go. Your starting quarterback just got injured. Does he mention field position or? No, nope, no field position. You just got one minute. Let's say that it's a, it's a, it was a kickoff and a touchback. So, so at the 25. At the 25-yard line, okay? okay? Okay. This one goes in. If you win, you make it to the playoffs. You're okay. in the dance. Okay. Nick Foles, Taylor Heineke, Cooper Rush or Teddy Bridgewater? Oh, that's rough. Glenn, you're rough. That's that's bad. Hey. That's rough. <laughs> On, oh, wait a minute. Honorable mention, Gardner Minshew. All right. Um, just because I've seen him do it before in big moments, and if he hadn't have done it, the man would probably be in a cardboard box asking for spare change right now. I'd take Nick Foles. <laughs> I don't take Nick Foles because of what I saw from him against the Chargers. I don't take I, him. I'm, I'm saying... I know what one, you're saying. One drive. I mean, one drive of all those players and what I've seen of them. Yeah, give me Nick Foles. One drive of these four quarterbacks, five quarterbacks actually. This man's going to say Gardner Minshew. It's between Gardner Minshew. Oh my God. But I'm also kind of looking at Taylor Heineke. Taylor was probably going to be my second. Cooper Rush now. Cooper Rush had Teddy Bridgewater. He he just the, the, he just got stabbed the, in the chest. Yeah, so. and Cooper Rush had his fifteen minutes of fame in the first couple games of the year when oh he's undefeated. No, sh- shut up. Uh, yeah. No. Wow, tell us how you really feel about that, Anthony. <laughs> uh, so, I'm gonna take Taylor Heineke. I'm gonna take Taylor Heineke. You take Taylor. I'm gonna take Taylor. See, I I can I can respect that. If you were gonna say Gardner Minshew, I would have probably slapped you <laughs> says the man who just said if i take any backup quarterback in the league right now it's wouldn't be one game it would be gardner if i need him for one whole there's a difference in a whole game and a whole in one drive so you don't trust the man just with one possession but you trust him throughout the there's duration diff- of yes yeah, so there's, there's a difference in that do you no no give me now tom brady for a whole game or tom brady for one drive i'd take him more for one drive versus a whole game Okay, I see what you're saying. Like that that kind of thing. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Relax, man. This is a family show. Especially this year with Brady, I'd take him for just give me a drive and 
Maybe put Kyle Trask in the rest of the game. No, not Kyle. <laughs> I don't want to put Kyle. <laughs> no, Kyle Trask is looking like Jordan Love when they, he first got drafted. Can we rent Jameis for for three quarters of a game? <laughs> no, I would rent Matt Ryan for three quarters of a game. And then I would put in Taylor Heineke or whatever. You know what? Maybe the Dolphins had a thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua a couple of years ago. When Tua would start and then Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the closer, you know? So it's kind of like a pitching scheme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Taylor, right. the, 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 and the reason why I choose Taylor Heineke is because I saw him play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the year that we won the Super Bowl, and he he almost won. He almost led the Washington Football Team at the time to win. That is true, that is, <laughs> and he's already knocked off the best team in the NFC. Yeah, so. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, so, I, yeah, giving Taylor Heineke, you would choose Nick Foles simply because of his, his, his resume. His, his, his resume and his history. But the more I think about it, the Gardner, the way he played last week, he's a, he's definitely up there, too, I got, the more I think about it. Because my initial reaction was, yeah, and then I realized, yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Okay. A little emotional. A little, a, a little bit. A little emotional, all right? I'm the emotion guy. You're the stat guy. Come on, man. Let's stay in our lane. Let's stay in our lane here. Glenn, we thank you for that email. If you want your email to be read, go ahead and send it over to us. That is dnafootballtalk at gmail.com. We want to hear from you scenarios like this. Uh, who would you rather as far as just like give us, you know, a list of about five or six, maybe mid tier or even I mean, you can go bottom, mid or top yeah. tier, you know, of just who would you rather have um, or if you just want, you know, some talking points, if you have some questions for us, uh, Brad, if you're still listening, man, we haven't heard from you in a while. We would love to hear from you again. Um, hope hope everything is is going good for you um but we appreciate all of you guys you know listening and sending us the emails um we've been getting a little bit more interaction on twitter so that's at talk underscore dna follow us like us share our posts retweet it all that good jazz tell your friends about it all all of that good jazz so quick little plug for our social medias and stuff mm-hmm. new stuff will be coming come probably next season we, we we got some stuff behind the scenes that we're working on so just to bring you guys a better um you know a better podcast so but let's go ahead and let's jump into some of these games i know that we talked about the bucks and the panthers the importance of that game you guys have um the Minnesota Vikings, so it's revenge tour for both of our games. But Anthony, is there any other games that you kind of see this week that you, you, you kind of have circled? I mean, the big one is Bengals Bills on Monday Night Football. That's going to be fun to watch. That, that's going to be a complete offensive light show just going on. Like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. Like it's going to be fun. It, this might be another. Like forty five, forty two kind of game. Like this, <laughs> and this gives us a little bit of a preview of what we could see more towards the end of the year. Yeah, these AFC Championship game, you know that kind of playoff stuff. matchups, playoff like, matchups. You know, it's just you always love it when you see two heavyweights going at it. Oh yeah, oh, and this yeah. is definitely two heavyweights going at it. We got Josh Allen, the twelve and three Bills. We got Joe Burrow, the eleven and four. Um, Bengals, it is going to be in Cincinnati. Um, so, I mean, 
The Bills have been dealing with crazy weather lately. Did you see yeah, this? The, the, <laughs> like, all their cars were like, like snowed in. Like, yeah, just com- prayers out to the people of Buffalo. People have been dying out there. Like, they've been, oh my gosh, I didn't they, know about they, that. They, 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 the snow has been so. People have like the weather's been so bad. People have been losing their lives. Like they, it's it's been awful. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's, definitely. It's, Definitely some prayers, maybe a quick moment of silence for all the people in Buffalo. Moments pass. But yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good game. This is definitely gonna be a good game. And uh, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, have we seen these two play each other yet? I'm trying to think. I don't I don't think we have. I can't remember uh, a Josh Allen Joe Burrow matchup. I don't think so. At least not a significant I don't think they've played each other yet. I don't think so either. No, I don't think so. This is going to be fun. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Like you said, they both have very explosive offenses. They have decent defense, you know, you know, defensive like, games to help help kind of keep the game, yeah. you know, in check a little bit, but should be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know what the weather is going to be like there in Cincinnati. I know a lot of times in, you know, Ohio weather it's, is kind of crazy. It's, it's going to be cold. I know that much. Oh yeah, it's going to be cold, probably maybe a little bit rainy. Maybe snow. I would say snow. There's snow. That's it's, it's the Midwest, so it's gonna be snow. So if it's <laughs> snow, do the Bengals wear the zebra uniforms? That that might almost be a hindrance to them. Joe, <laughs> Joe Burrow trying to throw the ball to his receivers out in the snow, and he can't see his own receivers. Yeah, just don't throw it to the blue. That's what I would go. He off might. Of. He he might. Not, if it's bad enough, he might not see the offensive line in front of him. Well, uh, they watch might, out for the blue. Yeah, they might not be the the. I mean, that's probably how it's looked for him the whole year. But I mean, that is true. <laughs> My word! His entire <laughs> career has just been basically from his back. Which it sucks because we and I know we've talked about it plenty of times before, but we just we don't want to see Joe Burrow wind up being another Andrew Luck. No, we don't. We don't. That's we we want to keep 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 the players on the field so we can watch them for years to come yes that's the ultimate goal of it all yeah but it should be a fun game so uh quick prediction anthony bills Bengals monday night i'm gonna stick with the original score i said i'm gonna say Bengals 45 bills 42 i'm gonna say it's just a high i assume be a high powered high scoring game like i'm gonna say it's just a light show out there okay well i think we are all hoping for that (laughs) because that would be a lot of fun to watch i mean we all go back to the to the Rams Chiefs games back on up Monday oh, yeah. night. It was another Monday night matchup. So, um I don't think it's going to be that high cuz especially when it comes down to this time of year, I feel like it the the weather just plays that factor. Now, I know both teams playing cold, so it shouldn't affect them too much. Uh I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to the Bengals. I'm going to say that the Bengals end up winning. I'm going to say 23 to 20. 23 to 20? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to be that high of a of a score. I think that the kickers are going to play some pretty big roles in this game um just because yeah, it, the 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 offenses the offense for both teams can score points and we've all seen that. I just I don't know. I just Depending, have this feeling that it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a close matchup. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be close and it's going to with the kickers it's going to depend on how is how's the wind blowing, how strong is it, which way is it going, all that kind of stuff. So we'll 
we'll see how that plays out. But I, I think regardless, it's going to be a good game. Should be a good game. It definitely should be a good game to watch. I know that the entire nation will be tuned in for that. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I mean, you can't just – I mean, this is this is what we need. Not Denver Broncos, freaking Los Angeles Rams. Which the Rams for a Christmas Day game. Hey, they put, showed up. They showed up. They hey, put up 51 points. Give them, they showed up. For how beat up that team is, they put up 51 points. Give them the, I'll give them the credit. Yeah, right? I do give them that. And we got to hear Patrick Starr roast Russell Wilson, which was fantastic. Uh, yeah, if anybody – could roast Pat uh, roast uh, Russell Wilson. Patrick Starr was perfect. That, yeah. is, <laughs> that was the epitome of everything <laughs> that is happening with the Denver Broncos and the Russell Wilson this year. So so, so now on to the real primetime matchup of the week: the Jaguars and the Texans. Oh, I'm just, I'm messing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals have been flexed out to, to, to for Jacksonville and the Texans to play on Monday Night Football. <laughs> Oh, man, that would be horrible, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, give me the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say give me the Jaguars. I know Houston won last week, but yeah. eh, I yeah. think that the Jaguars. I think, I think the Jaguars are on a hot streak, so I think they I think they win it. Uh, yeah. That should be a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to win. They are 7-8. and eight. What are the, the Titans now? Have the Titans sealed up the South yet? I don't think so, right? No. No, the no. Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars are both seven and eight. Tennessee has Dallas on Thursday, which is gonna be a tough matchup. So we could potentially see the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of the year pull off a big upset and take the South. Which with the loss of Brian Tannehill, it's completely possible in the way the Jaguars have been playing, putting up the points they have, and Trevor Lawrence is on fire. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna give it to the Jaguars, just the whole division. Just give it to them. Yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely it could it could be that and um and I'm excited to see what the Jaguars look like next year with Calvin Ridley. I always forget about that. <laughs> I always forget about that and I am really intrigued. Now, imagine what if they did get Calvin Ridley and Tony Pollard. See? Yeah, they they'd have They a, could be a team. They could really be a team in the way Doug Peterson has these guys playing. The, they move past the the Urban Meyer era of of football, Mister. I don't know who Aaron Donald is. Now look what you get when you actually put a real NFL head coach in there. A coach who's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, with Nick Foles. Yeah. So the the Jaguars. Everyone saw what Nick Foles did against the Chargers. If the Colts don't get their act together, the Jaguars might just run the AFC South for a while. For for a while, because they got a lot of young talent on that team. For a while. Yeah. They they could definitely be a real threat in the South. So Jacksonville Jaguars, big game against the Houston Texans. Tennessee Titans, big game against the Dallas I mean, Cowboys. I'm going to give the win to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they, they've shown that they can score points pretty much at will, even against pretty good defenses. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say that it's going to be a slaughterhouse, man. I'm going to say 34-10 to 10, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm. Yeah, thirty-four ten. Yeah, you like I, that? Yeah, I like that. I, I'm. I don't. I could see the the Cowboys putting up a ton of points, and with Malik Willis at, at quarterback, it's going to be a hard ask against that um, Cowboys defense. So. Yeah. 
So, but I'm going to say 34-10 Dallas. And then I'm going to say that the Jacksonville Jaguars take the lead in the South with only one week to go. And I think that they're going to beat the, uh, the Houston Texans. I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer game just simply because it is a divisional game. Um, so those games are always usually somewhat competitive. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Jaguars take off the edge from the Texans. I'm going to say 27 to uh, 27 to 17. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 30 to 20 or 30 to 20, 30 to 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. There's a lot of good matchups this week. Um, Hey, it's, it's, it's the end of the season, man. It is the end of the regular season. We have one more week to go. Outside of this week, um, a lot of games are either you're you, like the Bucks. You win and you're in. The Green Bay Packers need to win against the Minnesota Vikings. They also need the um, New York Giants to lose it's more so to the, the Colts, or they need the it's Washington more so the com- Commanders. It's more so the Commanders, because we need the Giants to lose more games than we need the Commanders. So if the Giants or if the Commanders lose one game, Against the Browns and the and the, and the Packers, Packers beat went, Vikings, they're in right. No, we still we still have to, um, we'd still have to beat the uh, the Lions at the end of the year for a playoff spot. Okay, so you guys have to win out. But if the Washington Commanders lose against the Browns this week, then you guys can have the fate in your hands. Yeah, finally. it's a, it's in our hands at that. Point. It's in your hands. Yeah. Okay, so. Big game for the Packers and Vikings, man. What's your prediction? I'm going to stick with the, the hot hand of the Packers. I think we get our revenge from week one <laughs> in that mess of a game we played. I'm going to say 31-27 Packers. Ooh, that's a high score. I've, I've seen it. Man, a, you're, you're, cause, thinking, cause, you're thinking offense this week. I'm thinking offense because... Every week, Aaron Rodgers has said, like a lot, all these good teams we're facing, we're like, okay, we need to score at least thirty, and they know that in the back of their head. Like, oh, we need to score at least thirty points to win, or close to it. So, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say thirty-one twenty-seven. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say that the Packers win. They don't need to put up thirty though, but I will give them, I'll give them twenty-eight. I say twenty-eight to twenty-four final score. Yeah, I think that's gonna come down to the. Down to the wire. We always have good battles with the with the Minnesota Vikings. So, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play against the Carolina Panthers. If the Bucks win, they are in. So, it's in Tampa. It's a one o'clock game. It's New Year's mm. Day. I'm gonna say the Buccaneers won. The backs against the wall. They got Tom Brady at quarterback. They're gonna they're gonna play. I think they're gonna really go out there and try to play their best game of football. Yeah. So I'm gonna say twenty. I'm gonna say twenty-seven, fourteen Buccaneers. Twenty-seven, fourteen Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I know what I should say here. I know what I should say here. That the Panthers are gonna blow out the Buccaneers so that they won. No. <laughs> well, that yeah, maybe I should. All right, Panthers, fifty-one to three. <laughs> it's going to be another Los Angeles Rams versus the Denver Broncos. <laughs> oh. No, what I'm what I'm getting to is I know what I should say because I am a Bucks fan. I've been picking them 
every week because I'm a Bucks fan. But as a Bucks fan, I need to come to the harsh reality that this era of Tampa is over. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Tom Brady is leaving. Rob Gronkowski will probably see him in San Francisco next year. It's a new era. Sometimes you just got to rip the Band-Aid off, sir. Sometimes you just have to rip the Band-Aid off. And so, as much as it pains me to say, Tampa, I'm sorry. But you got to come to grips. You got to, there's, there has to be a reality check. The Carolina Panthers are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Carolina Panthers are going to beat them. Our playoffs hopes are still alive, technically, but it gets a little bit harder. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Carolina Panthers have a show on the ground because that's been our weak spot this entire year with running the ball. Vita Vea, I don't know if he's going to be in or if he's going to be out. If he's going to be in, obviously, it will help us a little bit, but it's going to be hard. I'm going to say that the Carolina Panthers end up beating us 20-10. Final. It's tough, man. It's it's weird. I, f- I feel like this entire year, I've had more faith in your Buccaneers than you have, and you're a fan of the team. Let me tell you something, <laughs> like, man. I, because it doesn't make any sense that you have Tom Brady as your quarterback and you're playing this poorly. It doesn't make any Right. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense that, make, that we have Tom Brady, after coming out of retirement, a divorced Tom Brady, after coming out of retirement, is sitting at seven and eight and is looking down the barrel of the gun with the person on the other end of that is none other than the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold. It That's... it doesn't make any sense. Oof. And yes. As a Bucks fan, I should have more faith. But as a diehard Bucks fan, I also know that it's a lot easier to come to terms of reality. It's a lot easier to rip the band-aid off. So you're the you're the don't give me hope kind of fan. Don't give me hope. Because the problem is is that Tom Brady gave me hope after 2020. Tom Brady gave me hope that he's going to sit here and turn this organization around. Tom Brady gave me hope after he hoisted the Lombardi Trophy in Tampa, making history with this team. The most losing franchise in all of sports history made made history and won a Super Bowl, hosted a Super Bowl for the first time, and won it for the first time. Very handily against a very, very powerful Kansas City Chiefs. Then we had last year. And we got into the divisional round and we were getting blown out. But then they gave me hope. They gave me hope and they rallied back and they lost. Then Tom Brady retired. And all hope left. And then three weeks later or a couple months later... He came out of retirement and all the hope came back. And now we're sitting at seven and eight. Carolina Panthers are sitting at six and nine. Carolina Panthers have the hot hand. And it's crazy to think. But I have to come to reality, Anthony. See, and it's crazy that in the last year and a half, you've gone through the entire roller coaster of emotions that I've gone through over the last 12 years. Yeah. 
<laughs> so just take your time of your roller coasters and condense that into a year and a half. Because the even the year the year after the Packers won the Super Bowl and we're 15 and 1 going into the playoffs and we lose. <laughs> like like, it was, it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. <laughs> but, so, I made my bold prediction about Tom Brady this offseason. I'm going to finish this episode with making another bold prediction. The Carolina Panthers are going to ruin Tom Brady and his era in Tampa once and for all. They're going to they're they're going to somehow some way end up winning this division. And that's going to be I mean, it. That's going to be you're it. Saving, that's going to be the Tom Brady. You're saving grace. Is it? It's in Tampa Bay. That doesn't mean anything. We've 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 lost more. I've, I think at home this year. Really? The only games that we've won at home is a from what I can remember because we lost against Green Bay. We lost against Kansas City. We lost against Ravens. We've lost against the Bengals. The only teams that we've beaten. The Saints. Saints, Atlanta, and I don't know. What other Well Seahawks but oh that was all that was, that was in Germany. That, that was, was in, in Germany. That was in Germany. So I, I can't think of any other games that we've won. And you won the Atlanta game off a of rough in the passer call. That was a horrible pass call. Yeah. So so all I'm saying is that Tampa fans, you can hate me, but sometimes you have to hear the harsh reality. And I could be, and I hope I'm wrong, Anthony. I hope oh, I'm oh, wrong. I know, I know. I hope I'm wrong. And it, and it would help you to get into the playoffs in your standing because you would be going into the playoffs as the fourth seed in the NFC. Yes. Versus, if the Packers got into the playoffs, we'd be. Like the seventh, we'd right? Be, we'd be the seventh seed, having to face the Minnesota Vikings. Having to, yeah, be the it wouldn't, yeah, it'd be the the Minnesota Vikings because I think the Forty ers would be the third seed. Yeah, so we'd have to play the Vikings. We'd have to beat the Vikings, and then beat the Lions, and then come back and play the Vikings in Minnesota again. Yeah, <laughs> like Tampa. It's been fun. These last few years, we've we've had you know what we 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 talked about it in the off season, and we rode this rental as hard and as long as we possibly could. But I think it's about time to go back and turn it in, and unfortunately, pay the bill that we're going to have to pay for riding this thing. It's been fun, Tampa, but let's all start to face a little bit of reality. Let's come back down to earth, and let's realize that the future is after this season. The rebuild starts now. After this week, it's going to be tough. Now, hopefully, next week, I'm talking to you, and the Bucks are sitting at 8-8, eight and eight, and they're in the playoffs. That's what I hope. That is what I hope. But I can't help but shake the feeling that the Carolina Panthers are going to ruin this season for us. And that's yeah. my final prediction. Because on the flip side of it, for both of our teams... We're asking, we're asking our teams to be perfect when they haven't been all season. Yeah, Tom Brady said it. 
Tom Brady said it after in his post-game interview on the field after beating Arizona in overtime. He was he he was asked the question, "What is it going to take to beat Carolina and to win the division and get into the playoffs?" And Tom Brady said, "Our best game yet." And what did I what did I say? It's going to take your best football all year. It's going to take our best sixty minutes. We have to play a full sixty minutes of football. And after last year's post game celebration speech by Todd Bowles and seeing the emotion of the players as Todd Bowles was speaking, those players could care less about that man. He couldn't motivate any one of those guys to make a sandwich. Okay, oh, so man. we just gotta be we gotta be honest with ourselves, Tampa fans. We have to be honest with ourselves. And as much as it pains me to say it. I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to walk right into Tampa Bay and kill the hopes and dreams of all the Tampa fans because they believe that because we have Tom Brady, we are automatically a playoff contender and a Super Bowl contender. And unfortunately, that is not the case this year. But we don't we don't know. But we don't know. So time will tell. Time Cause like will we, tell. Like we said before, you can't still can't count the old guys up, but the pieces around them, I don't know. <laughs> Still can't count the old guys out, but unfortunately the pieces around them, it just doesn't seem like that they're going to be doing their job. And not to say that they haven't been – I don't know, man. I just – I don't have a good feeling about it. I really don't. After we beat Arizona and we beat them in the way that we did, again, I, I know that what we were talking about earlier. Hey, man, you got to win a game no matter how you win it. I get it. But knowing how we got how we lost to Carolina, and it was right after they traded Chris, Christian McCaffrey, so it was right after it looked like Carolina was saying they they were throwing in the towel, and we went into Carolina and we absolutely got the brakes beaten off of us, and we were healthier then. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I just don't think it's going to happen. Hopefully, I'm wrong though. Anthony, you have anything for the beautiful people before we leave? No, I think we hit everything on the head. Everyone enjoy this coming week of football, and hopefully your team wins, and hopefully they get into the playoffs and clinch a playoff spot. Hopefully this time next week we will be talking to you guys, and both the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still in the playoff hunt, or actually Tampa is in the playoffs, and Green Bay has one more game to win. Mm -hmm. That's our hope. That is our prayer. That is our hope. And if you're a Denver Broncos fan, maybe it's next year. For all of you guys that listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. We hope that your team wins this week. We hope that if you made it to the fantasy championship round, congratulations to you. You made it. All of your GM, uh, you know, all all of you doing your GM thing this offseason, picking up guys on the waiver wires, making trades, drafting well. It's all paying off, and this year you are in the championship game. So we hope that you get that prize money. We hope that you get those bragging rights. We hope that you get that trophy, that belt, whatever it may be, and hoist it at the end and have just a fun offseason of talking a whole bunch of crap to your boys because that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's what it's all about. So... If the Bucks lose, at least hopefully I can be hoisting the trophy because I'm in the championship round. So <laughs> let's go. Let's get it, guys. Hope you guys have a great week, and uh, we will see you guys next time.